Hi, this is Frugal Forever, and my God, when will this be over? Please tell us when it will end. I hate this so much. <laughs> uh, hi, Josie, how you going? I'm fine. How are you? Um, yeah, I'm okay. <laughs> nice intro. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, um, <laughs> yeah, this is Frugal Forever, a podcast about money. Uh, I'm Katie Cunningham. That's Josie Parsons. Um, yeah, well, today we're talking about mental health, which is like fitting because I feel like every episode that we've done this season, we've started with like 20 minutes of us talking about our mental health. Yeah, <laughs> it was going to eventually end up here at some point. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, how are you, Josie? How are you really? Um, This week has been a struggle. I mean, I go, I mean, we kind of talk about this later on, spoiler alert, but I go from like my feelings are like a roller coaster. I'm like so frustrated, annoyed one second, and then like yesterday I went for a walk with my dog and this little kid just kept waving at my dog and I was like, that is so pure and beautiful. And then I was crying. <laughs> like oh, I'm a fucking basket case. I don't know why my emotions are just everywhere. It's like I'm PMSing, but I'm not. Mm. Um, oh my God, that's yeah, really so what feel, it feels like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, but just in general, the mood this week has been depressed. How oh. about you? Um, I mean, I definitely relate to the zero to 100 thing. Like I'm just finding that little things just set me off in such Mm -hmm. a big way. Like the smallest thing can just have me like spiraling out instantly. Like yesterday, my real estate agent emailed me and was like, hey, um, just a heads up, the landlord has advised that there'll be roofers coming to fix the roof on the shed like all of next week. So there's going to be construction in my courtyard all of next week. And it's hard like to explain why this is so deeply annoying to me. It's hard to <laughs> explain without having like drawing everyone a full floor plan of my house. But basically like <laughs> I live in a very small apartment. My courtyard is like 50% of my space and th- mm-hmm. they're like finding out that I'm going to have like all these fucking tradies in my courtyard and that there's going to be this noisy construction and that my like one little outdoor sanctuary is ruined for a week just has made me so freaking dark. Like it's, just totally sent me off off um the edge well because that like that boxes you in even more right like that just restricts your already restricted space that's yeah and i was like do you really have to do this right now like right now while we're all stuck inside our home and there's nowhere else i can go like i can't just go and work from a cafe like you're lucky that I'm even paying you rent right now. Can you just do me this solid and not do this fucking construction? <laughs> yeah. Um, I I also have a feeling, and I've been really feeling it the past couple of weeks. Um, so Molly Young wrote about this in the cut, about how when you speak to people, you don't know what where they're at. And so it feels really disconnected because, like, you'll call a friend and, like, for some reason you're feeling really positive about everything that day, but your friend is feeling like really sad and like depressed. And so you feel bad for being too positive and then, but then like the next time you call, you'll be depressed and they'll be really positive. Like no one's on the same wavelength at the same time. Mm, yeah. Do you feel that? Like, and you're just, you, you can't really 
connect with people properly because everyone is just like so all over the place in different ways. Yeah, or I feel like I can't complain about feeling shitty because I know that people are trying, like trying to stay positive and trying to like keep it together and that someone like dumping a bunch of negativity on them is probably not a helpful thing for themselves as well, you know? Yeah, and like, yeah, and I have been feeling things of being positive but then like when I'm in a bad mood, yeah, you don't, you also don't want someone to be positive to you. Yeah, no. And yeah, it's, it's that I feel like that is a really isolating thing that's happening as well, where it's like no one's moods are synced. We're all like all over the place. Oh my God. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know if I'm imagining this. So tell me if you feel the same way, but I feel like okay. there is maybe this like air of just, this attitude of like don't complain because like we're in this global pandemic and obviously like people are dying and horrible things are happening and people are losing their jobs and so it's a bit like oh you feel sad like doesn't matter suck it up and you know I I get I understand that in a way of like yeah like I know that my feelings aren't the biggest problem in the world but also it's like a really big problem for me and I don't know I, totally. I feel like I just I feel like it's kind of dangerous this yeah this like narrative we've got about like you know just stoically suck it up and do your bit for everyone else it's like yeah I want to do my bit and I'm not saying that I'm not going to stay at home or whatever but it's like can we just acknowledge that it's really fucking hard as well totally it's so like um like a carryover from our like British like the British part of Australia that's very like keep calm carry on don't just like get on with it you're okay and it's like and I fall into that too like I keep like my Catholic guilt like hitting myself on the back being like stop feeling sad but it's like well that's not really possible right now like I just Mm. do feel sad and I don't know what to do about it so like yeah yeah and then I do just keep I keep feeling like a moody teen who wants to stomp her foot and be like no one understands like no no one (laughs) understands my pain and like like I'm regressing oh my god like I think I am actually regressing again like tell me if you feel this way but so when I was a teenager I used to get like really hyper focused on one thing and then I'd become obsessed and that would be my life for like when I was a teenager do you mean (laughs) to this day (laughs) okay so I'm still kind of like that to this day but like I really was like that when I was younger like I got really into Desperate Housewives for a while and then I couldn't (laughs) stop watching Desperate Housewives so one night I remember so clearly it was a Thursday night so I had school the next day but I had bought all the DVDs of Desperate Housewives and I sat in my room and stayed up all night and just watched it back to back and then I kept trying to reference Desperate Housewives to people and they would be like stop talking about it and then like it became a problem for me socially like this would happen all the time (laughs) and now I'm doing that with the Gilmore Girls like I can't stop watching this show and thinking about the show and reading things about the show and like last night I was up really late looking at like getting the portable Dorothy Parker and like reading that because I wanted to to know more about like the because Amy Sherman Palladino really loves Dorothy Parker and, like, that wit is very her. And, like, now I'm in that thing and I'm, like, I feel like a teenager again where I'm just in my room going down Mm. wormholes of things Mm. that, like, don't matter and they're just distracting me from the reality of being sad, you know? Mm. Oh, my God. I mean, being alone in my bedroom is, like, that is what teenage (laughs) 
teenage dumb was to me. So this totally reminds me of that. It's like, ah, oh, another weekend, time to surf the world wide web. <laughs> Literally, like, time to log on to MSN or whatever. Like, <laughs> at least I had uh, MySpace then. MySpace was fun. That was no social MySpace, that I care about. MySpace was fun. I remember, like, remember, like, the flexes that you would have of your song, like, what how cool your song was or like edgy yeah. or whatever yeah i had some cool songs i had broken social scene i believe what's broken social <laughs> oh scene? my god you're so young um <laughs> <laughs> they're a band they're a big circa 0607 um anyway <laughs> anyway um a question for you do you okay when this all started happening like and i know i was freaking out and i feel like i talked about this on maybe the like little intro episode we did where I was like I, I'm really worried about what this is going to do to my mental health because I know that I have these certain routines and behaviors and I've that I've learned to do over time as a way to keep myself happy that now are kind of just being thrown out the window and so I was really worried about what that would do to me so my question is to you like do you think that your mental health has suffered like more than you thought it would like the amount you thought it would or less than you thought it would when this all was starting um that's a really good question I think it's probably on par I think I was pretty tuned in with myself knowing that working from home wouldn't work for me um spending so much time alone wouldn't work for me and it's pretty much carrying out the way that I thought yeah how about you um yeah I was thinking about this like I think in, in some ways it hasn't been as bad as what I thought it would be. Just like I think for me like a, a really key anxiety was the exercise thing and like what's going to happen if I can't exercise. And luckily it's as it, turns, as it has turned out, I'm actually really enjoying doing those like Nike training club workouts and like going to the park and oh, like going good. for runs and stuff. So that's good. Like that's definitely a load off my mind. But then I think maybe it's manifesting in ways that I just didn't anticipate that it would either and uh yeah I don't know if we've talked about this before but um just I mean as I as I have said a million times I live alone and I am just finding myself just turning into this like jealous monster like I'm actually angry at everyone who like lives with people that they love and has like human connection and that like I hate that I feel that way but I can't stop feeling that way and like in normal life I don't think that jealousy is a problem that I ever struggle with like it's really just not an issue for me because I think my attitude is like well I would never be jealous of something like I'd never be jealous if like I thought someone had a had a better life than me because it would just like inspire me to like you know want to do more in my life as wanky as that sounds but now it's like, well, there's nothing there's nothing I can do. Like me being jealous or like looking at other people's situations and being like, yeah, that looks nice. That doesn't mean I can go out and find myself some nice people to hang out with. Like there's nothing totally. I can do. I just need to sit with it and that sucks. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. Yeah, like, I think that's totally fair enough um, and it makes complete sense. Yeah, like – another thing that set me off yesterday well one one other thing that set me off before I go on to the other thing that set me off is that it's the weekend <laughs> tell me all the things that set you off <laughs> I fucking hate the weekend now like I'll be I know I hate the weekend like I hate oh. the weekend. I'll be okay during the week because 
you know, obviously pre-pandemic, I worked from home anyway. So during the week, I can kind of just focus on work and it kind of feels like normal, you know, normal-ish life. But then the weekend rolls around and it's like, it's like my body is primed for like 5 p.m. on a Friday getting this like, oh yeah, like time for some fun, time to go to the pub. Yes. And then like I get that feeling and then it's like, oh, no, you can't do anything and you won't be doing anything for the next 48 hours except sitting in your house and maybe going to the park and that's it. And that just darks me out so hard. Um, but, no, the thing I was going to say was uh, like on the topic of little things setting me off, I had been talking to a friend of mine who lives alone in Melbourne and I only have a couple of, like I really only know a few people who live alone. Like I'm realising in this pandemic that most people live with other people. Um, and so mm. I've, yeah, I've been texting my friend kind of be like, oh, you know, how are you holding up down there? Like thinking we're we're in this together. And, yeah. and he was saying how he um, – had been like seeing this girl so this girl be coming over to his house and I was like oh for fuck's sake like you're not having the same experience as me are you like and I don't know I just keep feeling like I keep getting this intense frustration of like everyone I do know who well like most people I do know who live alone they at least yeah they're like dating someone or they're sneaking out to fuck someone or they're going to visit their family or something and I'm like mm. is there anyone who is in my exact situation of literally not having any human connection it's just like oh it's so frustrating <laughs> but it's like it's I know it's stupid to think that way it's not like you know I'm like I'm happy for him that he's having some human connection and he should try and people you know everyone should try and grasp what little joy they can get right now but yeah it's just like the jealousy it's like driving me crazy yeah, totally. I, I think it's just because you're being like, oh, my God, what the fuck? That's You're not saying that you don't want him to be happy. It's You're just being like, yeah, what the fuck? This sucks. I don't, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, but I, I just, I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's like it comes back to me feeling like a moody teen of like, like, yeah, like people who have their partners and have their housemates that they're friends with and whatever like you're just not having the same experience as me right now and so yeah I don't know like you just don't get it like your isolation is like cute and cozy and you you know you're just like doing nice things at home I am without human I'm without touch like <laughs> it's not the same yeah totally but then like on the other hand, because, like, I totally ag agree with what you're saying and it's, like, really fucking hard, but there are situations where, like, you look at it on social media and it's, like, it's the same thing that we've known forever that the life on social media is not true and that's yeah. not. Yeah. I think it just, like, heightens that thing where you're, like, wow, that really does look cosy and beautiful. It's, like, you, yeah. know, you know, they have their own miseries as well, like, yeah, but it's hard to rem it's really hard to remind yourself, and you can still feel as jealous as you want because it's just fucked. Yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> that's my mood right now. Yeah, that is really fair. Have you been seeing your psych? Yeah, I actually did see my psych last week, um, seven days ago. <laughs> Great to mm. see a human. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> so that's like that's being good and really helpful and you know obviously I'm going to keep going but I can only kind of get in every 
two or three weeks. So, you know, it's not like that's a once a week situation. Um, and I also don't know if I could really afford to go every week, even if that was possible anyway, but yeah, it's like, it's, it's, it's definitely good to have that. And I don't know what I would do if I didn't have a psych right now, that would suck. Did she say some helpful things about like, Mm. Um, I don't know. I mean, she gave me this fact sheet that like obviously someone else had written about like coping with your anxiety under COVID and, but it was like all kind of around anxiety that you would get the virus, which is not my problem. You know, like I, that's, yeah. that doesn't factor into my worries at all. Um, so anyway, <laughs> I don't know, but you know, it's just nice to dump all your feelings on someone, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, totally. I totally get it. I saw I, um, this. Oh, sorry. Go on. No, no, go, go. I was just going to say, I saw this tweet um, that said, I like texting people. I'm sad because then it's someone else's problem. I was like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel really helpless in those situations where I'm like, I don't know what to do, but I can sit here and listen. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to say, like, I haven't been seeing my I guess, like, I sort of fell out of the relationship with, like, the counsel that I was seeing. Um, was there a breakup? Not, no, not, like, a breakup. It just sort of was, like, eh, it's not, it's not great. Like, I don't think that it's fully working. Um, so like I just sort of, it. yeah, and, like, that's happened that. so many times with me where I'm just a bit, like, ugh. I can't yeah. really be bothered to find another one and then like potentially waste money yeah. retelling all of my problems to a new person. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, I just started like, just for like the surface level issues of being like sad and also like not feeling productive and blah, blah, blah. I called my works like employee assistance program. So like a lot of, and this is like for everybody. So a lot of companies will have an employee assistance program like that's for free and you can you can get like six sessions um and you can just call up and speak to someone and so I've had like two sessions with this lady and she's just really lovely and we just yeah talk about kind of surface level stuff but it is good to just talk to someone um yeah so and it's free yeah so if you have access to that I would fully fully recommend people to take advantage of that do you find phone sessions helpful or like as opposed to face to face. Yeah, I do. I do because like that's the new normal and also like I'm not telling her about my childhood. It's like yeah. very like I said like very surface level. Yeah. Um so in that sense it's been really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, see I How about you? I mean I, I mean I'm lucky that my psych is still doing face to face appointments and you know it's like walking distance from my house so it's not like I need to go on public transport to get there or anything. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, like I really, I don't know, I kind of feel like if my only option was video appointments or phone appointments, like I just honestly don't know if I'd bother. Like to me it just doesn't feel helpful somehow, you know, like I don't know, which is it's stupid because I'm just I'm not basing that on any previous experience. I'm just assuming like, oh, I don't know if I'd like that. Um, But, yeah, like like I feel like the face-to-face element is really important to me. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's just hard because like face-to-face is so – like it's great that it's still happening, but this 
face to face is like not an option anymore. Isn't that so sad? Mm. For like it so many sad. things. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that's not me saying don't do phone appointments. Like if people like phone appointments. Yeah. Do yeah. phone appointments. It's just, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it is just less like intimate or candid or something. I don't know. Yeah, totally. Do you feel that even Jason, with. What's going on over there? Oh, sorry. I don't know. Someone's doing something upstairs. Someone. Oh, okay. <laughs> and my dog keeps like doing little. Because oh, she's I can't annoyed. Oh. Okay, good. Her. Thank you. Her. Whatever. All dogs are boys. All dogs are boys. I don't know if this is just me either, but I hate, like, I'm starting to really hate like Zoom and house party and video chats and stuff yep. because. Yep. They just feel so off and like yep. I'm over and it. I'm, I'm so over it and I have yep. them and I'm like I just get really annoyed and frustrated yeah. and I'm like, okay, gotta go. And people are like, where are you going? Yeah. Nowhere, but I just I'm over talking to you over yeah. this thing. Yeah. There's something about it that's more <laughs> draining as well than face to face interactions, but you also don't get the like nourishment of face to face interactions. So on the whole, it kind of just leaves me feeling more depleted, you know, and just yeah. yeah it's like they're so close yet so far like it's almost like a heartbreak to be like oh here's this person that I love but I can't really connect with them properly yeah okay yeah 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 that there's something I just really really don't like about it and I think yeah. that's also what's ugh, really frustrating me at this time yeah in this yeah. unprecedented time <laughs> yeah I feel like I like facetiming my boyfriend but I don't – I'm not really interested in doing it with anyone else. I don't know. Because with other people it just feels like a drain. Yeah. Yeah, like – but if it's like, the only way I can connect with people, obviously, then I do it. But, yeah, it just sucks. Yeah. And then I also feel like a teen, a moody teen again when it's like, I don't know, whenever I read or hear or whatever those suggestions of – oh, have Friday afternoon drinks on Zoom with your friends. And I'm like, yeah, it's not the same thing. And I feel <laughs> like I feel frustrated. But, you know, I know people are trying to help, but like when that's presented as a solution, it's like, yeah, but it just doesn't perform the same function. So, mm. yeah, totally. Mm. Yeah, because you're just staring at a screen and talking to people and it lags. And I hate like the lagging. It oh, really I hate frustrates the lag. me. Yeah, it's Ooh. awful. Oof. And then you close the laptop and you're just drinking by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> totally. You close the laptop and you've had like two drinks and you're starting to get sad and then you're just by yourself. <laughs> yes. Yeah, literally. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I feel like we could sit here and complain all day, but we actually have an interview today with a mental health professional. Yeah. I hope that that didn't come off as too complainy to listeners, but whatever. It's how we feel. Um, we interviewed Mary Huang, who is an amazing psychologist and the founder of the Indigo Project in Surrey Hills. We'll tell you all about it soon, um, but she is amazing. And have yeah. a listen. Yeah. And also, I didn't start a podcast to not talk about myself, so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now we start the interview. <laughs> is the head psychologist and founder of the Indigo Project, a practice of progressive psychologists, counsellors and life coaches based in Surrey Hills, Sydney. 
Mary started her career as a psychologist working for the Salvation Army and believes in employing creative means such as music and art to open up channels of communication and transform the way we see mental health. Mary, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, guys. Hey, thanks for being here. Um, Yeah, we're really excited to have a professional who actually knows what they're talking about with this stuff. Um, (laughs) This is great. So, I mean, I guess first up, from your professional perspective, what are the kind of unique mental health risks or challenges that people are facing right now because of COVID? Like what are some common problems that are coming up? Yeah, well, I guess, you know, on, you know, the collective level, we're all experiencing like a huge level of loss right now. So I think, you know, I can speak for a lot of people whose anxiety levels are really high. Um, You know, we're effectively going through a little bit of a grieving process, which means that we're just feeling so many different feelings from guilt, denial, depression, you know, there's a bit of hope, there's a little bit of acceptance, but then we kind of go back to feeling helpless and lost and frustrated. So there's a whole mix of challenging emotions that uh, people are feeling right now. And I think it doesn't help that everyone's in isolation and feeling disconnected and people's routines have just been massively disrupted. Um, I would say uncertainty is just making everyone feel pretty shaken up at the moment. Yeah, I feel like my emotions are really raw at the moment. Like I go from zero to 100 really quickly. Like I'll be really frustrated and then I'll cry from joy at something. Do you, is that related to what's going on or am I just insane? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, absolutely. Like I'm feeling exactly the same as well. And, you know, all the clients are sort of talking about this real hodgepodge of emotions. Like, you know, when we're kind of forced to pause, we're actually sitting with all the emotions that are there. And usually we're pretty distracted from them. We're avoiding our feelings by keeping busy most of the time. And and a lot of us are kind of walking through our lives just kind of, you know, doing a lot of mindless things and, and, you know, finding ways to avoid what we're feeling. So now that we're in a situation where there's a lot of uncertainty and we can't distract ourselves, we're just going to be feeling those kind of cycles of of loss, which means that we will kind of travel back and forth between hope and despair, maybe sometimes a couple of times a day. So I live alone and I'm kind of struggling with that a lot at the moment. Do you have any advice for people who who live alone, how we can kind of stay sane through all of this? Yeah, I think it's a really unique challenge of of being alone and going through this when you're basically, you know, having to be at home pretty much all day. And I think we've had to find ways to be really creative in how we connect, but it's not just about being on Zoom and having Skype calls. I think it's like the level of connection that we can have and that requires us to shift that to, I think, even a really deeper level of vulnerability. So we've got to ask, you know, questions of our friends and of ourselves of how people are really feeling um, because, you know, we're not really talking about just what we're doing in our days. You know, we've we've got to actually get a little bit deeper. And I've been looking at, I don't know if you've heard of the 36 questions to that help people fall in love and I think they're a really awesome guide to actually help people to travel into those deeper conversations which actually kind of get to the core of you know who people are I think we can actually discover a lot more about 
ourselves and our friends at this time. Um, you know, that's one thing is just like deepening the level of connection because, you know, we need vulnerability to do that. Um, I would say also for people that are living alone, you know, I've got a couple of housemates and I'm living with my partner and, you know, this sometimes I actually kind of feel restricted because there's nowhere for me to go in the house and I'm kind of around people. So I would actually, if I was living alone, probably be doing a lot more dancing in the living room so <laughs> that I could just actually let go of some of these emotions. And I think I've been also a bit afraid to cry because, you know, obviously I can't be in a space you know, by myself. And I think when we're alone, we can actually go a little bit deeper into our emotions and actually, you know, look at what's happening underneath the surface. Like I would just suggest to, to anyone really, like don't try to run away from the feelings, like just really sit with them and, and look at what this is kind of bringing up in terms of how you talk to yourself, how you relate to yourself, you know, your insecurities um, and uncertainty, because I think we have a lot to learn about ourselves at the moment. Mm, yeah, it's interesting that you say you've, you're feeling restricted at home living with people, because I feel like I keep getting really jealous of other people who I, I think have like better isolation situations than me or have people they live with, even though a logical part of my brain knows that, you know, if you, if you were living with other people, that would present its own challenges and everyone has, you know, shitty stuff to deal with in this situation um do you have any tips about how I can combat my feelings of jealousy or get them under control totally you know I think with this whole crisis what we're seeing on this mental health level is that some things that were kind of underneath the surface for us are actually kind of coming to the surface more or being exacerbated. So mm. when I think about jealousy, you know, and the own my own jealousy that I have, you know, in in different situations, I, you know, and I take my clients through this kind of understanding of what insecurities are coming up. You know, what is what are we actually looking at when we're feeling jealous? Are we feeling like we are not good enough? Are we feeling like we're not kind of meeting the mark in some way? And I think there's a whole lot of you know outside of this crisis we've we've got a lot of pressure on ourselves to be a certain way you know to keep up on social media and at the moment now there's there's not really so much of that happening and so we're kind of with our internal thoughts and I'd be thinking about well well what am I feeling insecure about and I think that kind of you know on a serious level kind of we have to look at how much we like ourselves and I've definitely been feeling it too, just this sense of like, am I doing things right? Am I doing, am I good, am I good at this isolation? And that's that kind of internal kind of comparison or um, insecurity that we have, that we have the opportunity just to normalize that. We have the opportunity to learn how to speak more kindly to ourselves. We have the opportunity to understand where some of our insecurities uh, are coming from and we have this really beautiful opportunity to learn how to be compassionate to ourselves and say hey I'm not going to judge myself for feeling insecure and jealous I'm going to be able to I'm going to you know give myself the opportunity to say it's okay for you to feel this way and you know maybe it's time that I look at some of the things that I do like about myself God, that insecurity thing is too real. <laughs> yeah, it is too real. <laughs> it is. You see me it's full on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you sort of touched on this before, but 
I'm curious as to know what it's like being a psychologist right now in this completely unprecedented time in history. I would say that it's pretty challenging. I mean, we work with about 35 psychologists in our practice and a lot of them are talking about, um, you know, everyone is sort of talking about the same thing. So there is this kind of level of um, being a little bit burnt out around speaking about coronavirus and, you you know, you probably mm. have the same things, you know, when you're f- talking with your family and friends, like it seems like because no one else is really out and about and doing different things that we're kind of just talking about the same stuff. And when you're doing that with, you know, six or eight clients a day, it can kind of lead you to feel a little bit burnt out in terms of that um, kind of compassion that you have to have, um, which is, you know, a normal problem for psychologists. Um, At the same time, um, I've been feeling like it's actually been really good for me to, to see how people are coping in different ways and actually getting the sense that nobody is doing this perfectly. No one is having like an amazing time and, you know, just having the best time ever. I think that being in perspective and being able to speak to people from, you know, all different backgrounds and all different situations gives me a sense of um, normalizing how I'm feeling. Um, And yeah, I think also the challenge is that you know, I'm going through the same things that people are experiencing too. So, you know, when I think about, um, you know, being productive and and all of that, I just feel like it's hard sometimes to feel motivated in the morning to kind of get on with my routine and what I used to do. Yeah, I feel like a really big problem I'm having and a, a bunch of my friends are having as well is the motivation thing. Like, what what do you do to keep yourself motivated or do, what do you tell your clients if they're struggling with this? Totally, yeah. Well, you know, I work with a lot of, you know, clients in the creative industries. I work with a lot of clients who have their own businesses and people in general, you know, they're feeling just a lack of mojo for for kind of getting out of bed and, and, and kind of getting on with the day. And, you know, if we think of this, you know, what we we're talking about earlier around this sense of, going through this collective loss or grief, you know, it's hard to imagine that you would tell your friend who had just suffered a massive loss in their life to get productive and get motivated. So there's this sense that we really need to normalise and validate people's experience as it's actually happening and be realistic about the fact that, you know, if if, say if we've gone through a massive breakup, like I probably want to take a couple of days off work. I probably mm-hmm. don't want to just throw mm-hmm. myself back into the normal craziness of life. And we've got to cut ourselves some slack because I think that the more that we push away those feelings and just try to, you know, be motivated and, you know, get lots of things done and let's be creative, I think we actually make it kind of worse because we're actually not being real about what's actually happening and I think the more that we can actually you know sit into it like I kind of let myself have a couple of weeks of feeling pretty crap you know there's been times where you know because of that I think that I've just been able to honor my feelings and in turn there have been more moments of feeling like okay I do want to get out of the house and go for a walk and 
those types of productivity or creativity or doing stuff kind of moments feel a little bit more natural. So, yeah, I think my Mm. major piece of advice is like cut yourself some slack. Like I, I really don't think anyone is being super productive and creative right now. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> I definitely am not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel yeah. like there's also it couples with this thing where I'm like, I'm really lucky to still have my job during all of during all of this, and then I also feel a bit guilty where I'm like, why aren't I more productive and grateful that I have a job? And it's sort of that weird feeling. Is that something you're coming up? Yeah, coming with a lot. Absolutely. And I, I've seen that even prior to this crisis. I mean, we can admit that we live, you know, we've got pretty lucky circumstances and working with a lot of people who are doing seemingly well and coming into therapy and saying, I don't deserve to feel anxious. I don't deserve to feel depressed. I don't deserve to not be okay. Um, you know, this was common even before that. I think this is exacerbating this sense of um, you know, I need to be going through a really, really rough time to not be okay. And my position on that has always been that coronavirus, no coronavirus, um, we have to be real about the challenges that we have with our minds, our emotions and our relationships. And this is across the board for everyone, <clears throat> despite their financial circumstances, despite their, you know, their fame, their wealth, their, you know, their position in life. I think that, you know, we are never immune to feeling lost, uncertain, like insecure, um, helpless. And again, this is this really incredible opportunity that we all have to say, hey, like it's completely okay for you to feel what you're feeling. And that in turn gives us this opportunity to be more kind to ourselves and I think we we need that because we're just so so hard on ourselves Mm. wow yeah that's um wow that's really helpful (laughs) Um, (laughs) I also wanted to quickly know if I don't know how your practice is running at the moment but are phone sessions with psychologists can you claim them on Medicare now absolutely so we went through a whole journey of lobbying the government with other industry bodies because, you know, when the, I guess the crisis first started um, and in history, telehealth has not been able to be, you know, Medicare rebated. So that's changed over the last um, week and anyone can get a, an appointment with their GP and their psychologist um, via, via video or via phone and you can get a Medicare rebate. And a really great thing about this um, change is that we're also, you know, introducing bulk billing to our services. That means that mm. if people are having a really tough time financially, you know, that's not going to put them in a position where they can't see anyone because we're really recognising that there's been massive job losses across the board or even just uncertainty, like, People have had pay cuts or people aren't sure if their companies are going to be doing redundancies and cutting the workforce. So I think it's so important that, um, you know, as an organisation, you know, Indigo, and I, and I know a lot of other psychology practices are doing it too, that they're offering bulk billing. And that means that there's really no out of cost um, to people that come to see us. 
That's great because I was going to ask if you had any advice for people who, yeah, maybe had lost income and felt they didn't have the money to pay for a psychologist right now. Yeah, Um, I think it's so reassuring for people to know that um, they're being caught in this situation and they're not going to fall through the gaps and the people that are the most vulnerable, that need it the most, can actually get the help that they need right now. Yeah. Hmm. That's great. Um, I guess we sort of touched on this before, but um, as sort of like a um, general statement, like what do you think are some simple things that we can all do to look after our mental health right now? What do you think are some of the most important things we can do? Yeah, um, I've got to take my own advice on this one, but (laughs) staying away from too much news. Um, I've been a little bit obsessive, um, especially with US politics. I cannot stop refreshing because it's like, it's kind of like watching a crazy reality TV show that is kind of devastating at the same time. So I literally have to put my phone away and try not to check it in the mornings, which has been a really bad habit of mine. But when I don't check my phone when I don't get involved in this kind of crazy news cycle. I actually feel so, so much different um, for that. Um, Music has been a huge uh, space holder for me. It's been a space where I can kind of not not really escape, but to sit with my feelings. So I'll put put on some headphones and I'll kind of decide how I want to feel that day. So I'll either you know, if I'm not feeling so great, I think that there's this opportunity for me to sit with that. So I might play some ambient music. Um, if I kind of need a little bit of a perk up, I'll, I might play something a little bit more energizing. But I think I'm trying to, you know, um, give advice to people to really connect with with how they're feeling in the moment. So, you know, when you put on some headphones and you really listen, um, this is a practice of mindfulness and, you know, it's kind of like a meditation, but it's not. I think people would find it really challenging to get into a meditation practice at the moment when they're probably feeling quite anxious. So music has this really incredible ability for us to be soothed as well as to trigger different emotions to help us to just process the feelings that we're um, experiencing right now. Um, I'd also say to find opportunities to laugh. So I don't know if you guys have watched Fleabag, but it's actually so hilarious. And oh, it's I been love given, that show. Yeah, <laughs> it's been giving me so much joy because it's, um, yeah, it's just split your pants funny. And I think that we need that kind of, um, that kind of boost to our immune systems by just having a good laugh. Um, and I know that this may be challenging for people but we in recognizing that this is something that is also temporary we you know we can look to things that we are excited to do you know in the future and I think that's really important for us to help us deal with the feelings of uncertainty is you know the times when I'm thinking about well you know if the borders get open and we can start traveling a little bit you know who might I like to where, where might I like to go and how can I envision my life in a little bit of a different way to what, how I was living my life before? Because I know that I think this kind of collective pause has made me think about what's important and what really matters to me. And I think that, you know, I'm probably not going to be as lazy about going to see people, um, you know, when mm. all this lifts and just to be a bit more grateful about, um, 
you know, the situation that I am in and the situation that we're probably returning to is that, yeah, we've probably got it pretty good. Yeah. Um, well, thanks so much, Mary. That was super interesting and helpful and definitely made me feel like I'm not alone in having a hard time right now, which is nice. Yeah. I think it's okay for us to be pretty messy right now. Oh, good. <laughs> Thank you Thank for the you permission. Thank you so much, Mary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be messy together. Yeah. You're an angel, Mary. Thank you very much for coming. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye. Hey, just a heads up, the following money content discusses body image and eating disorders. If this isn't something you're comfortable listening to, please skip ahead 15 minutes or so. Thanks. Um, so my turn to go first this week with money content, uh, except mm-hmm. my money content isn't actually about money this week. Um, and we were, t- you and I were texting about this. Yeah. Saying there's this kind of like not that much money content at the moment, because obviously like no one's talking about anything that's not related to COVID right now. Um, or it's like very serious stuff like unemployment yeah. or like ASX economy crashing that we're just like ah yeah so look Mm. I just thought I'm taking the liberty to broaden it out a little bit when required so and because our topic this week is mental health this is this is something that I've been thinking about a lot and I haven't actually seen many people talking about and I felt kind of weird doing it because I don't know it's like dark and a bummer but I don't know I just wanted to talk about it so I've been thinking a lot about um how people with eating disorders or a history of disordered eating are coping right now because, you know, I think it's the situation that we're in poses a lot of like risks for, you know, for anyone who's kind of struggled with that in life. So I just started Googling to try and find some articles about this. And honestly, there weren't many articles, but um, I found one on the ABC called COVID-19 isolation, creating a perfect storm for people at risk of eating disorders, experts say. Um mm. And so basically this article was saying, you know, uh, there was this lady, Millie Thomas, from some body institution something, and she said, like, yeah, it's incredibly dangerous. Eating disorders thrive on isolation. For somebody who has an eating disorder mindset, the thing that they can feel control over when everything else is out of control is food, exercise, and their bodies. And I was like, wow, I feel that. Um, And, uh, Mm. you know, kind of this article and then I read another article on some Canadian news website was talking about, you know, for people who have a history of eating disorders, there's so much that has kind of gone wrong right now. And one of those things is, yeah, people not being able to go to the gym anymore. Like, you know, I know even for myself, like that, you know, going to F45 is kind of like was the glue that held my life together and was a way that made me feel more calm about all of my anxieties and issues around food and my body and everything and you know that was like an outlet for that it was like a pressure valve you know for that and so losing that you know when I have talked about that 10 million times it's not just like it's not just some me being a whingy little bitch it's like no this is actually like super important to my mental health and it's really was really really scary for me to lose that kind of coping mechanism um, yeah, so, sure. you know, there's, there's that, but then, uh, 
these articles were saying, you know, there's things like, well, like the whole stockpiling food thing presents all these problems. Like for people who have a history of binge eating disorders, it's like, yeah, I don't want to go and buy like two weeks of food to have in my house right now. Like that's not, that's like a triggering thing for me. Or, you know, people, uh, like when things are being, everything's being bought from a supermarket and people are losing their kind of safe foods, that's really triggering and upsetting. And um, I know I, I also felt like that as well when this was starting, like I got this like serious panic of like, oh my God, I'm not going to be able to get like, yeah, my, I guess my safe foods, the foods that I eat every day because they'll sell out. And then like, what will I do? And rah. And so I went and bought like 40 cans of tuna and protein bars. I was just like, these are the things I need to um, have some sign of calm. But, you know, it's like for other people going to the supermarket, if the thing you wanted to buy isn't there, it's like, okay, I'm just going to buy something else and make something else for dinner instead. But if you're yeah. working with this very limited set of food that you have decided you can permit yourself and those things are gone that's really like really terrifying and can you know can mean that people just don't eat at all because they don't want to eat the things you know like you know what I mean yeah or it's like we've kind of yeah no and we kind of spoke about this on the episode where we had Jess on but um there's there's so little structure to our days now that food acts as a structure as well so like it's it's almost put up on a pedestal in some way which yeah, is also it is. can be quite problematic yeah yeah I mean I'm like trying to not go too deep into my own issues with food right now because um this isn't a psych appointment but uh yeah I feel like that control thing is a thing for me and I know you know since this has happened I've just become like my like I have been calorie counting to a like really fastidious degree and like I feel like if other people could see what I'm doing right now they would be horrified but you know and it's even like Mm. I can't like I can't order takeaway right now because the way that my mind is is like I can't surrender any control over my food to another person like I need to have complete control over it right now and I know that that is like a worrying path for me to be going down and I also Mm. know that you know this kind of stuff thrives on secrecy and isolation and you know being able to do yourself yeah without other people noticing the like fucking weird shit that you're doing and yeah so that's why I'm like oh I even feel like really anxious talking about it now because I'm like exposing myself as someone who has issues with food but yeah like that I don't know it's like when we talk about how our mental health is is affected by this like this is a huge part of the puzzle that I haven't really admitted to until now and yeah um and that sucks or even like when we're talking about baking in that nice episode we did about baking I was like yeah like I'm just never going to bake like that's just I'm that's just never going to happen for me and I don't know like yeah but yeah oh sorry sorry I was gonna say like it's like what Mary was saying about you know, now this time is showing people things that were simmering under the surface that day-to-day life sort of covered up. This is one of those things for you. Oh, no, totally, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and it is like there is nothing in my days now except cooking and exercise and work. Like those are the only things I have to do and so they get to naturally occupy a bigger part of my brain space. Um, Yeah, yeah. Um, 
so anyway that sucks <laughs> um yeah it's really scary Katie I'm I'm sorry and I hope that I don't know I I think it's a bit contrived to be like you're brave but I do think that it's a really brave thing to talk about and a lot of people would be scared to admit and are going through like I can't imagine how many people are going through that at the moment so yeah well yeah well that's why I was like why isn't this being spoken about like to me like this was like the first thing that came to mind when all these restrictions started being announced but yeah I mean that is I feel like that's the thing a lot of the time with these kind of issues is that we look the other way and we sweep it under the rug because we live in a society where the message is like be thin at all costs you know and like you just whatever you have to do to achieve that impossible ideal like you just do it quietly yourself and you know don't bring it up kind of thing um but Mm. then the other side of this these articles that I was reading and that I was thinking about in this is how much emphasis this pandemic has suddenly put on like our bodies and food and stuff um yeah and so I guess I'll just read out a quote from that ABC article um uh, someone quoted in the article said the prevalence of home workout and diet tips on social media is heightening the risk to vulnerable people and this quote from the lady says I can't believe that in a pandemic a global crisis we have people focusing on whether we're going to gain weight at the end of it does that not speak to how skewed our values as a society are this is not the time to be focusing on whether you can stay in shape or not thousands of people are dying each day and there is this intense focus on exercise and not eating I think when you've got all that pressure from the mainstream and social media, the scene is set for an eating disorder to manifest. Um, and I think that that's like really true. Like there has been like so, so much talk about like, Oh, like, you know, just from everything from like stupid jokes about like, Oh, I'm going to gain the COVID 15 to yeah, those like, names. Yeah. yeah, to like all the home workout stuff. It's just putting, it's making it top of mind for people when, it shouldn't have to be. Um, uh, sorry. No, it is so true. I've noticed that so much. Like there's just a deluge of memes that's like, oh, I'm going to, I start Corona looking like this and then I end up looking like this. And it's like, yeah, that's incredibly damaging and triggering, not only from an eating disorder perspective, from a fat phobic perspective too. Oh, it's totally. just like so offensive. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, two more things on that one is that so if f45 i don't know if it was like one studio that i'd been to in the past or like if it was the head office or whatever but i got some email from an f45 being like trying like trying to get people to sign up to some like home workout thing and it had this line in the email that was like oh it said the hard work you've put in over the years and months can easily be undone in a few weeks for those of you who've made f45 something like part of your life do not let slip away and i was like yeah, I really don't need that kind of alarmist language right now. And I think that is really disgusting that that is how you're trying to sell that your is, product to people. That is vile. That is, yeah, it is vile. That makes me so angry. Yeah, I know. Um, and then uh, other, like, continuation of this money content is I saw um, Brady Lancaster, a friend of the pod who was on uh, Freelancers episode back in season one, had tweeted um, this uh, Alison Roman, who we were talking about on the food episode had posted this screenshot of someone had dm'd her 
Alison Roman being the like this. cool chef, yeah, and was like, hey, can you um like like they'd emailed her to ask her to post some healthy recipes because they can't imagine a fate worse than imagine than emerging from quarantine single and fat and you know Brody was just saying like wow that is an incredibly shitty thing to read and and I quote from her twitter imagine living through a pandemic infecting millions of people and affecting the lives of billions more and your priority is still fat shaming yourself slash other people yeah yeah um (laughs) cosine like I just yeah it's I don't know it's like yeah this pandemic has done so many shitty things that's not just like not just killing people and ruining the economy but it just manifests in all these terrible fucking ways and I think Mm. often just brings out the worst in society um yeah it kind of um I don't mean this to be like a segue into my money content but, but like I just mean to mention it and we can yeah but did you see like that protest of the people who in Michigan who like lined up to protest the lockdown and there's this really chilling image of these people up against the zombies yeah I saw it (laughs) yeah the zombie like the zombie photo and you're like holy shit is this what humanity is like Mm. oh my god it really Mm. does like I don't know just turn things up to a notch where you're like Jesus can we just chill Mm. yeah yeah um so yeah that's my not money related money content for the week yeah um I think that it was great and I think it's really true and people should definitely be yeah just more aware of that I think and more aware of the things that they post and the jokes that they make and yeah yeah Yeah. and Mm. yeah I don't know I guess I just yeah, I don't know. Maybe I did just want to be like, yeah, when I can complain about losing F45, it's not just about like losing F45. You know, it's it's a bigger bigger deal for me than that. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I think that's, yeah. Thank you for that, Katie. Thank you for your honesty. You're welcome. What's your money content? Is it the zombies? Well, that was more like I just wanted to talk about that photo and how much it chilled me to the bone. We'll post it on Instagram so people know what we're talking about. Yeah, I, ooh. <laughs> but basically it's this it's, photo of these Americans like pressed up against glass. They really, they really look like zombies. It's fucking dark. Yeah. <laughs> um, pressed up against the glass, yeah, because they wanted to protest the lockdown, which it's like <laughs> I want to know how many how many cases of corona come out of that protest. Oh, my God, I know. People being so close with each other. Also, imagine um, protesting the lockdown in America, a country that's on track for 200,000 deaths. Like, exactly. Why are you like, think about that? your fellow human beings. Oh, my God. Like, have none of these people, have none of them got relatives who are, have been infected or, or like, it's just so mind-blowing. And it reminds me of that meme that I sent you of the dinosaurs and the asteroid comes and one of the dinosaurs says, but the economy... like what I can't believe we're going through this pandemic and yeah people are just like uh, I mean I don't know that people react in all different kinds of ways and it just yeah it makes you think a lot but my money content was I sort of mentioned it up 
the top. But Molly Can Young wrote in the story? car. Can I interrupt yeah, sorry. really quickly? I don't know why this just occurred to me. But I just realized that earlier before I said I liked FaceTiming my boyfriend and I've been complaining about how I live alone and don't see anyone. Just to clarify, my boyfriend lives in a different state, so I'm not actually seeing him right now. If people are going to think like, why is she complaining about not seeing anyone when she has a boyfriend? That's why. Anyway, continue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to bring that up before and then I was like, maybe you didn't want to mention your boyfriend. I don't know. Um, yeah, cool. <laughs> so my money content is the one I mentioned before written by Molly Young and I love it. So Molly Young, she's the one who writes the Read Like a Wind newsletter, right? Read. Like I don't know. Wind newsletter. Uh sorry. Yes, it is her. Um I was pretty sure, but then I just wanted to double check in case I sounded like an idiot. Um I really like her and she wrote an article that is all the ways I failed at self-improvement. Hmm. And so she talks about how like there were memes about how to stay productive and then there were memes about how you don't have to be productive. And then like, she's like, where is this nuanced place in the middle where there are memes for people who try their best to be productive, but are actually just unsuccessful and they find out they suck at a bunch of stuff. Um, And I just thought it was really funny. And she goes on um, to talk about all the things that she did try and distract herself with and then just ended up failing, like trying to make homemade yeast from just like putting filtered water and raisins and sugar in a sterile jar. Oh, that and then the disgusting. raisins. I know. She's like. Is that how you make yeast? Ew. Yeah, I don't know. And then she just like, the raisins went moldy. So she threw them out and she was like, mm, okay. And then that's when she talks about the thing, like keeping in touch with family and friends. But every time I try, we're on different wavelengths and it's just a real struggle and she hates it. Um. And then she talks about how, like, she tried not to do drugs but then ended up, like, having too much clonopin or whatever, which I don't even know what that is. But, I don't know. Sounds American. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, like, some sort of American, like, anti-anxiety medication or something. Um, and it really chilled her, <laughs> chilled her out. And then, like, how she learned to knit and then was just really bad at knitting and just, like, things that she does to – try and maintain the social fabric by walking around and then people just like look down and they don't wave at her and she's just mm-hmm. like, okay, mm-hmm. fuck that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then the final point is like stop eating sugar and then she just has all these pictures of all the things that she's eaten, like spoons in jars of jam and like Reese's <laughs> peanut butter cups. <laughs> um, and I don't know, this article just brought me so much joy because I was like, yeah, like but I kind of feel like that. I'm at this point where I'm like I do want to try and do things to make myself feel useful but generally I'm just not very good at them and yeah Mm. so that was cute I I also yeah sorry I was just gonna say I really liked that thing that Mary said in my interview about like if you were going through a breakup you wouldn't expect yourself to be like productive and doing things right now and like that just really resonated with me it's like yeah like it's like I can't be productive or do anything worthwhile with my time right now because I'm distracted by my like total misery. And that's, you know, I just need to deal with that. Like that is the pressing issue, not like my desire to create some like creative masterwork right now. Yeah. And I just really liked it in the sense of like, yeah, okay. You're not, you're not being as productive even at work, but if you did suffer a loss, like she said, you wouldn't be productive at work either. Like mm-hmm. you really mm-hmm. have to take those things into account. God, yeah. she's just she's she great. gets it, man. 
<laughs> he really gets it. Indigo Project. Um, I and then I was going to. Oh wait, really quickly as well. Did you did you read anything about that Reese Witherspoon Draper James controversy? No, whoops, what? So Draper James is a clothing brand that Reese Witherspoon owns, and she has a story such a bad Nashville. name, Draper James. I, I hate it. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Where do people get these brand names um, from? Anyway. <laughs> well, it's like Kristen Cavallari has her jewelry brand is like Uncommon James. And I feel Ugh. like James is like – and then um, Kristen Doty from Vanderpump Rules, she's got um, – hers is something – James May. Like all of these celebrities just have like these lifestyle brands that are James something. I don't know what that is. Mm. Hmm. It's mm. like how all bakeries um, start with B because it's like an association with bread anyway. <laughs> Start like with Brumbies. what? The letter B, like Brumby's um, Baker's oh, yeah, Delight. Baker's Delight. Yeah. What anyway. else? Um, births. <laughs> <laughs> or like how, I don't know. Anyway, this is like, this is the ad man in me thinking about like, oh, and how all like food brands that have green logos because green we associate with healthy food. Anyway, is it maybe well, this is a true, this is a true story. Like, so like, I'm a Woolworths shopper. I don't know if you're a Woolworths or Coles oh, shopper. Oh, I'm a Woolworths shopper. Who goes to Coles? Yeah. Not me. <laughs> well, like I don't mind a Coles shop, but like a couple of months ago I was trying to convince Alex that we should shop at Coles instead of Woolworths. And then he was like, no, I just like Woolworths. I want to shop at Woolworths. And then I was like, why? What is it about Woolworths that, that you have to do? And we like kept talking. And eventually he was like, they're the fresh food people. The food <laughs> is more fresh at Woolworths. <laughs> And then I was like, marketing has worked on you so well. Like, yeah. I can't believe, but it's true. Like, I kind of agree with him. I'm like, I don't know, the food's fresher at Woolworths because they're all the green and the, the the freshness. This is not an ad for Woolworths. We're not getting paid by Woolworths. <laughs> I know, but it just, like, gives you, I don't know, like the things that you think without even realising. Yeah, no, totally. Um, anyway. Also, do you know red makes you hungry? That's why, like, McDonald's and lots of fast food brands have red. Them. Red makes you hunk. Red Rooster. Yep. Holy shit. I didn't know that. Yep. <laughs> oh my god. Damn, I love Red Rooster. Is this tricks exposed. <laughs> this is what you come to listen for, to Frugal Forever. For. <laughs> How did we get here? What were you talking about? I don't oh. know. Or Draper James. That's right. Um, all these celebrities with James brands. Anyway, so she. Oh, I heard company draper james did this instagram post where they were like oh god it was such a mess the instagram post said we're so excited to be giving all our teachers in the country to say thank you we see you working we would like to give you a free dress to apply complete this form blah 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 but the wording made it seem as if they were giving dresses to every teacher in america because they just like stuffed up that copy or whatever. Mm-hmm. So over a million teachers in America applied to receive this free dress because their dresses are like, like obscenely expensive. Anyway, they didn't say that there were only 250 dresses to be won. And so they ended up scrambling, sending an email being like, no, 250 dresses only. And so all of these teachers were like, what the fuck? And then a few days later, the people who applied got like discount codes being like, we really do appreciate you. So how about you just buy a dress but twenty oh percent off? I know. So there was this whole mess about that, and it just made me think about. And people were just like, "This is so gross." So event, like, really, you just wanted like the lead. You just wanted our email address. 
to send us mm-hmm. to get us shopping. Mm-hmm. You don't mm-hmm. really care about us. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Reese Witherspoon's not having a good time right now. <laughs> um, but, go on. Sorry. No, what were you going to say? <laughs> just reminded me of something. I read this article in New York times or something maybe yesterday it was like one of those when you write in for advice to someone and this lady had written in and was like okay so I'm she was a freelancer and she's been working on this project with another guy remotely now um now obviously there's a pandemic no one's going to be meeting face to face anytime soon and she was like so the thing is I've had a baby and I just haven't told him about it and now you know I don't know how to like (laughs) for deal with the fact that I've got this like six month old baby um, that, you know, I never meant, like I never even mentioned I was pregnant. Like, what do I do? And the advice person was like, you've absolutely got to gaslight this man and pretend that you always told him that you had a baby. And then just be like, <laughs> <laughs> <just> be like um, <laughs> you know, just like start, start dropping your child's name into conversation. And when they're like, who be like, my daughter, <laughs> like, how dare you not remember uh, this thing that I've told you? And it was actually genius advice <laughs> because she was like, the man is going to be too embarrassed that he doesn't know this important thing that he apparently has been told, that he's not like, you know, he's not going to like be angry at you. He's just going to be sheepish for himself. Um, and I just thought that was really funny. <laughs> that is incredible because I love advice columns and I love when they get like either snarky or like really they step outside they're like very um like sickly sweet advice and like just gives something absolutely unhinged Mm, mm. that is great um and the last thing and you know I just thought I'd tack it on at the end just to see if you wanted to talk about it Mm. um but because of my aforementioned obsession at the moment with Gilmore Girls um (laughs) I found this article on Vox um, and it's a, it says Gilmore Girls is slyly smart about class and how isolating money can be. And, you know, like now Ooh. I've been consuming so much more of it and I'm like, really, like the biggest conflict in all of Gilmore Girls is money and about how mm. Lorelai hates it so much. She wants to get away from it, but that her parent, like that Rory ends up just being in that world. Rory ends up being the person that Lorelai never wants to be. Mm. And then it made me think deeper about, the revival and how everyone was like Rory just ended up being this brat who was so entitled and it's like yeah of course she was always going to be like that because mm-hmm. everyone put her on a pedestal and she had access to all of this money and connection and wealth that just like corrupted her as a person and so like Lorelai never wanted her to be like that but it just ended up happening anyway because the lure of money is too much mm-hmm. and this article just sort of happened like just talks about that and talks about like you know, Amy Sherman Palladino just loves these old movies and, like, a lot of old movies are about that, about how, like, money can be evil and, you know, like, doing things and pulling yourself up from your bootstraps is good and that kind of happens in, like, Emily and Gilmore in this big mansion in Hartford versus Stars Hollow, this big community. It just shows you, like, just what they think about that. Um Anyway, I thought it was really interesting, obviously, because that's my world at the moment and that's what I'm escaping into. Um, And then when I was, like, looking at all this stuff, it led me to a Dorothy Parker, aforementioned, um, a Dorothy Parker quote where she said, if you want to know what God thinks of money, just look at the people he gave it to. Oh, my God, go off. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> and then I was like, that is one of the best quotes about money I have ever heard. I love that. Oh my God. Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, that's interesting about Gilmore Girls because I feel like, you know, it's been years and years since I watched that show, but I did love it when I was younger. Um, but I feel like maybe a criticism or something that was leveled at it was this idea of like, oh, like, I don't know. Rory's not like this, not just like this um, girl who's being raised by a single mom against the odds. It's like, no, she has insanely wealthy grandparents who are like giving her this massive leg up in life. And I don't know, like, I don't know what it would seem on rewatching the show, but is like, is the idea that like, I don't know, that Rory's like hard done by in some way or. No, like, and I don't, I don't think they ever kind like, I mean, maybe I'm naive, but the way that I watch it, it doesn't really come across as if, like, they never allude to the fact that Lorelai is so poor and Rory had this really mm. hard upbringing. They they just make it seem like they were lucky and Lorelai worked hard and that's fair, like, she did. But they don't, they definitely make, like, they definitely remind you that she's very privileged. And I think that it's really clever how they make, they, they make Rory just, like, be that kind of person, you know? Um, yeah. No, I don't think they ever made it seem like they were ever hard done by like they live in a huge house in connecticut even in stars hollow like yeah sidebar why like why even send your kid to private school if you're lorelei like if it means having to have this relationship with your parents like can't they just go to public school like doesn't everyone in america go to public school well because she wanted to get into harvard so like that's (laughs) broken broken (laughs) yeah so like that was the whole thing that she needed to get into Harvard and that was kind of the only way to like get the connections and status to and, like, right. a really good education. And then yeah. spoiler alert, she didn't even fucking go to Harvard. She didn't. She got in, but she didn't go. I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler alert for all the Gilmore Girls fans. I mean, it came out like 20 years ago, I think. Okay. <laughs> like, it's on you if you haven't watched it at this point. Yeah. Damn, um, I'm so deep. Like I've been listening to the Gilmore Guys podcast. Oh my God, Josie, you are fucking obsessed. <laughs> Oh, I like literally need, it's just like, I need to escape. Yeah. I mean, it's nice. We all, we all got to have something right now, you know? Yeah. Which actually brings us to our last segment. What has been bringing you joy? Yeah. Look, I've, before we started recording today, I was like, what has been bringing (laughs) me joy? And I was just like sitting really, really racking the depths of my brain trying to think of Really stroking your chin there. (laughs) Really, really delving deep into myself um the only things I can think of are small but um one I made these fish burgers this week from a recipe that a friend of the pod Andrew Levins posted on Instagram and they Mm. were really good and that brought me joy um yep I will and also I've been listening to this podcast um the meaning tree podcast uh if you like this podcast you probably will not like the podcast I'm talking about and vice versa, but it's just like fucking hilarious. It's just these two guys from Sydney talking shit and being wildly defamatory and also, um, you know, taking down capitalism. So that's been bringing me joy. Wait, what's it called? It's called the meeting tree podcast. Meeting tree. So like, what is it about? What's the hook? Uh, it's not really about anything. It's one of those things I just can't explain. (laughs) You just have to listen to it. Mm. Um, yeah it's look it's niche um anyway that was good and then I guess a third nice thing is that um 
my friend just dropped me off a slow cooker while we've been recording this podcast to put it in my courtyard so now I can slow cook things because I was going to buy one and she was like, you can have this one that I never use. So that was nice. It's bloody lovely. Yeah. Yeah, it's really nice. What about you, Josie? Um, Well, apart from Gilmore Girls, because I touched on that last week and this week much more than I thought I would, um, but I have been starting to do the Retro Sweat BHS workouts Mm. Um, because I had always wanted to do a Retro Sweat class in real life, but I don't live near the city and it's just too hard. Mm. Um, So I've always been like, damn, that's so up my alley, but I can't do it. But now they've been putting them online and it's like a donation thing. And so you can do it along and it's just been like so great because it's just 80s music and you can dress up if you want, which I have been, um, and put your hair in like a high pony and just like jump around. So that's great. High pony. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. That's cute. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, also I've been going to that cafe a lot more, taking Smudge for a walk um, in the mornings, and that's been like really been a highlight of my week. Uh, and the third thing, my dad called just before and was like, how you doing, kid? And I was like, not well. And he's like, cool, I'll let's get a coffee on Tuesday and go for a walk. And that was just really nice and made me feel very, very happy. That's nice. But I also feel jealous of you now for saying that. Oh, <laughs> well, do you want me I to tell you? The episode. <laughs> do you want me to be honest or? Yeah. Yeah, I want you to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> Maybe, um, yeah. What? Maybe what? Oh, nothing, nothing, nothing. Um, yeah, so that's what's bringing me joy. Yeah, that's nice. Um, okay, well, this has been, I was going to say fun, but maybe not the right word. This has been a nice chat. It's been therapeutic. I don't know. I thought it was pretty fun. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, you know, as ever, join the Facebook group. Rate, review, subscribe, follow us on Instagram, blah, blah, blah. Hmm. Yeah, do all of those things. <laughs> Please. April. <Stay> <laughs> yeah, bye. Bye.